welcome into the Sports Buffoons Podcast. On in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, back once again, the Buffoon Clan, but we're missing one today. Jason JG is out for this week, but we have here Tanner Dawson and Mike Settle. How you doing, Tanner? I'm doing fine, man. Got some relief done today. You got some what done? We got relief. Relief. Guys, relief done. I don't know if you you guys pay attention today, but there's some big news that happened today for the United States of America. James Harden is no longer going to be involved with the Houston Rockets. That is a huge deal that went down today. I agree. And actually, when you said relief, I thought you were going to talk about some kind of impeachment, but... Uh, go ahead and talk about the NBA some more. Like. The impeachment of James Harden. So, <laughs> so quick, quick update here, guys. I'm so happy to see this finally happen. Uh, so James Harden uh, was part of a four-team trade deal in the NBA with the Houston Rockets, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Indiana Pacers, and the Brooklyn Nets. So that is massive. So the, James Harden went to the Brooklyn Nets. To join Kyrie Irving, DeAndre Jordan, and uh, Mr. Kevin Durant. And in turn, they had to send away. Uh, they sent away Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince to Cleveland. Uh, in turn, another big name, Victor Oladipo from the Pacers, got to go to the Houston Rockets to join John Wall in that squad. So finally, Houston gets some relief and gets a a player who is actually going to play for them and is in shape. I don't know if you saw uh, James Harden the other day, but he didn't look too pretty. He might have had too much of this in the ship club. What is this, Tanner? What are you drinking over there? Oh, sorry. I got a uh, Limitless Coconut Stout Porter. Or, yeah, no. Does it coconut say, Stout. It's not Porter. Does it say the ABV on it? It is a 9%. There it is. 9%er for Tanner it's good Dawson stuff, over man. here. Good stuff like they always do. We'll see if we can make it through the whole podcast without him falling over out of his chair kind of deal. Yeah, exactly. Hey, guys, we uh, so Jason hopefully will be on later this week. He does want to talk about this trade, the impact on the NBA. Obviously, hopefully this does well for Kyrie Irving with the Nets, who's also been causing drama on that side. Uh, so hopefully that clears his head up in a way and helps confidence and gets him back on the court because he's a, he's a guy that to deal with. So, uh, Mike... Mm-hmm. What do you got going on over here? Well, I did have a Tank 7 over at my favorite place lately these days at IV, and IV, and huh? some sushi, which was phenomenal. But you love um, I'm going to be sipping on a Monaco during this podcast for you guys. So those of you out there know what a Monaco is. It's kind of a uh, it's a pre-mixed, it's a premium mixed drink made with vodka, natural flavor, and certified colors. So it's extra certified for the cranberry deliciousness. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out for me, I guess. Uh, but Tanner, so we, as as we all know here, we are a Kansas City podcast based we out are. of Casey. So we are extremely happy to put this down as our first official Chiefs playoff podcast because it is playoff week, boys and girls. Uh, and so you're wearing the shirt right now, the Super Bowl champions. Yes. It's only fitting, right? From one year ago, the Kansas City Chiefs. Only fitting. And so we will be diving in quite a bit here to the Chiefs and Browns for you guys. I just wanted to make sure you got your NBA plug put hey, in there real quick. Like I said, I had um, to get that out of the way. It was a big message. We had to get that just out of the way. Again, Jason's going to go in more depth of what he 
what he believes later on that, that means to the yeah. NBA. So yeah, I, I did watch the national championship game in the NCAA on Monday night. Uh, it started off as a fun game. It was but the second half ended up being a blowout as we expected. I think Alabama yeah. roll tided right over them uh, in that game against Ohio Devontae State. Devontae Smith so. with the three touchdowns the first half goes out with the injury and it's like it doesn't even matter. He went for 215 yards. 215 yards in the first half and 12 catches. Can, can you believe that Alabama had that Mac Jones kid, a quarterback, just sitting behind Tua and uh, ever Jalen Hurts and just he didn't even transfer. Tanner, that's Al- coming. Every position Alabama so has that running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks. It doesn't matter who it is. It's just every position they just I, they're waiting in the wing. Yeah, to just I want that off the lineman they got too. Yeah, they got big old seventy there. A lot of talent over there, but uh, we did watch that and. Yeah. Um, we are now moved on strictly to NFL discussion, at least for the next three weeks while we roll up on the playoffs. And the playoffs in general here, uh, I thought we had a really fun week, actually, the wild card weekend we just experienced. And uh, was there any surprises to you about wild card weekend? There, actually, there was a surprise. So Washington had Alex Smith go out last minute. He wasn't starting. Tyler Heineke came in and... I was really impressed on how well he kept up. Um, unfortunately, there was a couple stops that Washington had to make, and they couldn't make it. And But the Tyler kid, he kept at it. He kept throwing the ball. He was placing the ball like he was an NFL starter. And that's the stuff I love seeing. That was probably the biggest surprise of how well that game actually went down in the end without Alex Smith at quarterback. Yeah, that was a pretty impressive uh, performance there by Heineke. And I agree with you on that. I actually thought I had a chance to maybe win oh, that man. game. but. Um, and, you know, the, the Washington football team was 7-9. and nine. They really didn't deserve to move on, so the better team did end up winning that game. Unfortunately, they were 4-1 and one against under Alex Smith, so they couldn't carry that to a 5-1. and one. The only thing that surprised me was the Los Angeles Rams going yeah. and getting a victory, and uh, they just outplayed Seattle. Well, uh, there's no there's no other debate about, about that. How about Goff coming in, having to come mm-hmm. in off the bench because, you know, he had thumb surgery, I think it was like, mm-hmm. 12 days ago or something, yep. and he came out like, he was, like it was nothing. Like, it was nothing. And they ended up running the ball really well uh, with Cam Akers, and the better team won, I guess. The better team won. You think the Rams are better? Well, we all saw Seattle's defense throughout the year was not great, so their defense had issues, and so they were never probably going to be Super Bowl caliber due to that defense, even though we both like Russell Wilson. How how about the disappointment of Jamal Adams on that team? That was bad. The disappointment. Bad he wasn't game. the same Jamal Adams we saw with New York. Mm-hmm. He wasn't aggressive, and when he was, he got hurt mm-hmm. or he overshot. Like it, it just wasn't the players. same player that we saw coming from New York and that everybody wanted. His angles, tackling, and coverage were all pretty terrible. Yes, uh, I don't, were. I don't know how else to describe it for him, but it was not uh, his best. I mean, he's a guy that actually I think he is aggressive in the mindset. Yes. He's aggressive in the yes. way he wants to play, but he doesn't perform up to that level. Uh, at least he did not, at least with Seattle. But but then again, it's like, okay, in New York, you're going to stand out because everyone else there is pretty garbage. And so you're going to look better than you probably really are. And also you feel like you've got to make up for the lack of talent on that team if you're playing on that defense. Yeah, so he exactly. goes to Seattle, it's, which is it's not amazing. a great defense, but it's still got better quality coaching and schematic assignments than what he had with New York. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind. So that was my only surprise was getting seeing the Rams though getting a win because I actually did not expect that. Neither one of us did, and Jason J.G. did expect that, and he was correct. J.G. was right. We have to give him props for that one. Now, how about the – walking into this game, guys. Who would have thought the Cleveland Browns would be up 28-0 – 
end of the first quarter of that Steelers game. What's so funny about that, the opening play reminded me so much of the Broncos and Seahawks. Uh, no, this is the one that they lost to Seattle. Oh, you're talking about that one. It was the exact same opener yeah. of Seattle and Denver. Uh, I think it was like Super Bowl 49, I believe. And the ball went right over Peyton Manning's head, yeah. first play of the game. And if you would put a bet on that to happen, a safety for the first play of the game, then somebody put, did put win down that. like 10 bucks. Yeah, somebody won You would have won like a couple grand, I think. Like who, how crazy was that? And the miscommunication between James Conner and Ben Roethlisberger trying to get that ball, keep it from the end zone. And it was like neither of them really wanted it. They didn't really care in a way. Like, yes, they were on the ground, but go after it, man. Go after it. Don't let them start with a safety or a touchdown right off the bat like that. That's just causing uh, you know yourself to be upset. Yeah, let's dive more into the playoffs here in a little bit, Tanner. Um, but right now, let's get down and give the people what they want to hear about. They want to hear about Chiefs and Browns this weekend coming up at 2.05 p.m. Central Time. And the Chiefs are 9.5-point favorites right now on the game. The over-under is 55. Yeah. 55 is the over-under? I think that's, that's a little low. It is way low. Because I, I, don't know, I, think I definitely see the Chiefs putting up at least 35 points in this game. You, I think you have some stats. Maybe you don't. But doesn't Andy Reid, after a bye week or an off week tend to score closer to 40 to 50 on his own yeah he destroys teams after a bye week yeah. in fact after a bye week he is 19 and 3 all time after a 12 to 14 day preparation period which is a different way of phrasing that he's actually 26 and 5 for his entire career and so take those two numbers and make what you want of them you know that that means the guy is the most successful post bye week coach of all time and not only did he have really two weeks to prepare we're doing three weeks from the time the starters last hit the field till this weekend coming up here in kansas city um so we they obviously had the week 17 game off the starters mm-hmm. and then they had the bye week of having the wild card game off so three full weeks for these guys to get ready and the injury report did come out today by the way on both both ends of the, the spectrum here with chiefs and browns uh sammy watkins did not practice today I think he could still be eligible to play for sure. It could be very precautionary because, let's be honest, he's been a little fragile in his career throughout time at Buffalo, back yeah. with his, with the Rams and with the Chiefs. But normally come playoff time, Sammy Watkins' playoff time is mm-hmm. what you want and when you need it. He yep. was a huge, huge asset for us last year in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl. Uh, it's going to hurt if we don't actually have him during this playoff run, right? Oh, absolutely. It'll hurt a little bit. We'll, we'll feel down. an effect because he is a very reliable target for Patrick Mahomes, and he's a receiver who, when he's on the field, does not give up on plays either, right. and he's a great blocker. So when it comes to those outside plays coming from the running backs, and by the way, what reason I bring that up is because Clyde edwards Lair, the fresh prince, was active and was, yes, he was. was on the practice field, so we are looking forward to that after what looked like it could have been a horrible injury just about a month ago. Uh, as we saw him get walked off the field by two teammates. Um, that was a little scary back then at the time, but I feel confident in thinking that at least for the stretch, we'll take it easy on him for this game if we can. Well, Le'Veon Bell gets the bulk of the carries, but I think Clyde is going to be good to go for the game if we need him. Yeah, but we got depth at running back too. I mean, we got Darrell Williams, we got yeah. Le'Veon Bell. I'm a big fan of Darrell Williams. Carries. And you can just throw Clyde in there and have him get, you know, when you really need something. Let Clyde do his thing. Like, don't hold him back just because he got injured a few weeks ago. Do not hold Clyde back. Yep. That's he, a mistake that 
uh, coaches make sometimes. I don't think Andy Reid makes this mistake. No, we have three games left of the season in Kansas City. So Let them go. The, the, the fact is, we play this game, we play one more after this if we beat Cleveland, and then if we win that game, we go on to the Super Bowl. Three games left, and we'll have a whole week to prepare for the Super Bowl. Actually, two weeks to prepare for the Super Bowl if it comes down to that. We're obviously, we're looking ahead, talking ahead a little bit, but uh, we obviously are very confident in what Kansas City has to offer um, as, as being the best team in the NFL record-wise at the end of the season here. Correct, and you talked about injuries coming back. So last week, you guys know the Cleveland Browns had a COVID issue going on right at the start, right after their week, or week 17 win against the Steelers. And what happens? Oh, yeah, COVID hits, right? So they lose their head coach, Stevin, uh, Kevin Stamaski, and he comes back this week. Uh, they had back Denzel Ward this week and Kevin Johnson, two key uh, defensive backs on their team. So look for them to come back and they all add that offensive lineman back as well. Yeah, you'll see a familiar face, by the way, in the secondary of Cleveland. They have Terrence Mitchell. Yes, he's still Terrence around. He's actually a starter in the NFL still. Uh, if you guys remember, if you followed the Chiefs here for the last, you know, going back about seven or eight years, mm-hmm. Mitchell was actually a good quality player for the Chiefs back then, uh, even at times when we weren't, you know, as good as we are now. I'll put it that way. Uh, Mitchell was a productive player, and he still is doing a, a swell job in Cleveland, but he's got to face Tyreek Hill, and that's going to be an issue for him. So yeah. um, that's going to be – well, he's going to face Tyreek Hill. He's going to face, Travis Kelsey. you know, the, the ability of Kelsey. is going to be matched up at some point, and as well as hopefully Samuel Watkins, and then we're going to have uh, other guys. Like I actually think Byron Pringle could be in the mix if Watkins cannot play. Look, I think Pringle should be the guy that gets the most of the snaps over Demarcus Robinson. Well, you know Demarcus is going to get his snaps. Demarcus is going to be there, guys. I see Twitter all the time say, "I hope Demarcus is benched." Demarcus isn't going to be benched. The guy gets uh-huh. snaps. He gets the targets. He's going to be out there. We just need to uh, hope for that he goes the right direction. He catches the balls and he makes their smart plays. That's what we need to think about. Whether Sammy is out there or not, Demarcus will be in there. Uh, for Patrick Mahomes. So what is the thing that you fear the most about facing Cleveland Browns? Because I think out of all the teams in the playoffs we could have faced in the uh, divisional round, this was the team I wanted personally. I told you guys this mm-hmm. a week or two ago. I said, I want the Browns in Kansas City. Uh, I wanted the Browns to beat the Steelers, and they did handedly, they easily. They just destroyed them. And uh, what it came down to, yes, Pittsburgh slowly came back at the end, uh, but Cleveland's running game is so strong between Nick yep. Chubb and Kareem Hunt, former chief Kareem Hunt, that is. And that is the thing. You don't want to give Cleveland the lead because that is no. a team. Did you, did you realize the stat about Cleveland, actually, Tanner, uh, as far as on the ground this year? As a team, they had just under 500 attempts total. But the rushing yards, they had 2,374 rushing yards and averaged 4.8 yards per carry as a team. Yes, with as 21, a team. With 21 touchdowns. With two guys right there leading the charge. Like th- that is the best tandem in the NFL by far. All right, so here's my fear, right? As the running game gets going for Cleveland, they get confidence, right? We're we're trying to bulk and stop that run, stop the Chubb-Hunt combo. Baker Mayfield actually hasn't had too bad of a damn season, guys. He really hasn't had too bad of a damn season, if you think about it. The guy only has, I think it was eight takeaways this, this season. Giveaways? Eight turnovers. Eight, eight, sorry, eight turnovers. Okay. Right? Uh, that's pretty good. And he has 20-something touchdowns. I see 27 Right, 27. Passes. It is 27. Okay. So it is 27 touchdowns, guys. Baker, if if you give him a, a, that play-action play, granted we are really good at that play-action and reading that, 
you, you give them that play action, we could cause trouble for our secondary, no matter what happens on our D-line. Because our D-line is not very good at getting to the, to the passer. We have to get to the passer, but we also have to stop that run. We stop the run, we stop the Browns. Yeah, and the, the scary thing about the Chiefs' defense, at least as we've seen lately, is that they do not get pressure with their front four. The Chiefs are a team that are designed within Steve Spagnuolo, our defensive coordinator, designing blitzes to create pressure or to create confusion against quarterbacks, where the most successful teams in the NFL, they get pressure with their front four, so that way it allows them to be more creative on the back end of the defense and coverage, and that's something that actually is Patrick Mahomes' worst nightmare. Oh, when a team can get you pressure with front four, or even front three at times, with this offensive line that Kansas City currently has. Uh, but on the Chiefs' end of the, end of the things, we've only been getting pressure lately through nickel blitzes and through uh, creating some kind of stunts and maneuvers within the D-line to create pressure that way. Because th- for whatever reason, guys like you know F- Frank Clark has, not, has been disappearing at times. Uh, Chris Jones actually led the team in pressures with 60 on the season, mm-hmm. but even Chris Jones cannot do everything by himself. We're facing the best offensive line in the NFL, in my opinion at least, against the Cleveland That's Browns. Fair. We're not going to be able to just rush the front four and get pressure. It's not going to work that way. We're going to have to create some kind of blitz scheme to come at Baker Mayfield to cause him to make mistakes. And so my big thing with the Chiefs in this game, at least, is getting that lead early on and sustaining that lead and not laying off the pedal whatsoever, pushing it on. If we have a chance to go 21-0, put it up 21-0. Quit, don't back off the, the acceleration pedal there, Andy Reid. We need to put up as many points as possible because if you give Cleveland a, a chance – it will then you get close in the game and start running the ball with those two running backs. You want to, you want to force them to pass at the end of the day. You do. You want to force them to pass. Now, real quick here, I do want to talk about a couple of teams that Cleveland played and that kind of would be play their playoff teams, right? They just played. Um, so they got swept by the Ravens this year, and it wasn't very good. They had losses to the Steelers and the Jets as well. The Jets towards the end of the season was the worst part of all. So I do want to take you through two games, two games that would be big in the playoff time. There's the Titans game they had to play. Uh, They won that game, the Titans game. Baker had over 350 yards, four touchdowns, no turnovers. Uh, The rushing attack was 118 yards. It wasn't great. They had 3.3 yards per rush, which wasn't bad. But they held Henry to 60 yards on 18 attempts, and they forced three turnovers to win that game. They won possession of time by 13 minutes. Right? They held on to the ball. They kept a long time. Henry, and they kept uh, Tannehill and A.J. Brown mm-hmm. off that field. Now, the other big game they played this season and then won uh, was the Colts game. Baker had 247 yards, two TDs. He, had, did, did, he did have two picks that game, but the rushing attack was 124 yards for 33 attempts and 3.9 yards per attempt. That is without Nick Chubb in that game, guys. There was no Nick Chubb in that game, just so you're aware. That is full Kareem Hunt right there. Uh, they kept the Colts under seven yards rushing on 18 attempts again, and they won the possession of time with 10 minutes, and they forced two turnovers. Those are two big playoff teams right there that they held in check and won the game. Yeah. Um, they uh, they have a very interesting dynamic about themselves, I'll say that. Yeah. And actually fun to watch. I don't know if you guys have watched very many Browns games, even though I agree with over here with uh, Zach Hughes, who's following us along here on Twitch, uh, saying F the Browns. Yes, we can That's go right, with man. that, um, at least for this week anyway. 
So I'm a fan of uh, that hot take right there. But um, <laughs> so so Cleveland's past defense rankings, guys, real quick. It's it's bad. Nineteenth, and uh, so the rating is nineteenth, and their yards per game is twenty second. They had zero sacks last week versus Pittsburgh on sixty eight passing attempts by Ben Roethlisberger. Sixty eight attempts last week, and you had zero sacks. But that doesn't mean nothing to the Chiefs line. It means nothing to the Chiefs line. So real quick here. Mahomes has been sacked seven times in the last three games. Seven times last three games. He had four interceptions last three games of the season. He wasn't going in such a hot streak going into the, to the playoffs here, as a, in, into the rest, into the two-week rest. Uh, so you got to think about that. But we are actually, uh, with Patrick Mahomes and his ability to work himself out of the pocket, outside of the line not protecting him, they are actually fifth. Uh, overall on that for avoiding sacks to not take the sack so that's pretty impressive uh, for as bad as the line has been for us you talk about Patrick Mahomes is fifth yeah. best at avoiding Sorry, avoiding yeah avoiding taking sacks because he's obviously very he's, he's got a great scrambling and scrambling and pocket awareness that goes a long way as we see guys like you know Tom Brady and Peyton Manning who have dealt with offensive lines that maybe look good on paper because the sack numbers are down. Yes. But the deal is, quarterback awareness of your pocket Sorry. is... They gave up the fifth fewest sacks. I apologize. Okay, in the NFL. Yes, in the NFL. Right. So Which that's, is that's, actually a big number compared to what I thought they were at. Right. Well, let's go to the pressures. You see yeah. the pressures. Now, if you look at pressures, Tanner, I bet that number is way more towards at least the middle of the pack because, oh, because Mahomes has been running for his life, it seems like, over the last eight games or so. Uh, especially with... Are you worried about the idea that uh, we're facing Miles Garrett, who had 12 sacks this year, and Mitchell Schwartz is going to probably miss this game again as he's missed most of the season? I'm not really too worried about it, to be honest with you. He's going to make an impact. He's going to get to Mahomes at some point. But is he going to be the key stopper to Mahomes, not throwing the ball or getting the ball to where he needs to be? No. Patrick, Andy Reid, and that offensive line is going to figure something out if it comes to enough problem. And they're going to take care of it. I'm not too. I'm not too concerned about it. I do want the Chiefs to be able to make some shot plays downfield because, yes. for whatever reason, this year the Chiefs' offense has not been quite as explosive on big playability as they have in the past previous two years with Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, a couple numbers here for me to run down with you guys as far as the Browns and Chiefs' offensive comparison over the course of this entire season, including the playoff game that the Browns just had. But there's 40 point games which the Browns just obviously went over that threshold yep. this past weekend. Browns had four 40-point games this season. The Chiefs have had one game over 40 points, which is crazy to think about, but it just means we're consistent. We're consistently putting up around 30 because we ended the season around 30 points per game uh, scored. Yep. So, uh, And then three touchdown quarters, which is a weird stat. I don't really know why that's even a thing. But uh, the Browns had five different times where they had three touchdowns in one quarter. And the Chiefs are a team known to get hot like that. And so the Chiefs are a team who we've known and seen before. We scored four touchdowns in one quarter by before. Um, and the Browns, you know, the Browns did it five times this season. And then one other thing which I was kind of surprised about, on 50-yard plays, the Browns actually had four of those this season where the Chiefs only had two. So if you're just looking at these random, stupid numbers here, the Browns' offense seems like it's more explosive when we know that's really not the case. Um, but the Chiefs at times, I feel like, have held back from their ability, and I think a lot of it has to do with the offensive line not giving Mahomes quite enough time 
to be able to make those shot plays down the field where he wants to go throw downfield and make big plays. So that's very true. Is that, are those numbers surprising to you? Actually, they are, and that's especially without Odell Beckham Jr., who was supposed to be a huge part of that team. Uh, obviously, Jarvis Landry has taken over that team, and he should, and he has since he's been there. Uh, but I am very surprised to see those kind of numbers against, like, compared to the Chiefs, especially with a team like the one we got. Yeah. So, um, with with as far as the Chiefs go, anyways, offensively, um, I think there's not going to be any problems whatsoever. I think we're going to be fine. Uh, the Chiefs did have Willie Gay missing practice as well. If we can add him to the mix, we did not talk about him quite yet. He's played roughly 25% of the snaps on defense for this team this season. Yes. So he will be missed, but we got back guys like Anthony Hitchens is back and Damian Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And so those guys are back in the mix. Uh, we should hopefully see a little bit less of Ben Neiman. Uh, if he's listening out there, well, too bad, man. We're going to see Ben Neiman, guys. <laughs> well, he's going to be out there. Just brace for it. We're going to see Ben Neiman. He's going to be out there. Uh, the Browns receivers don't worry me too much, though. They got Jarvis Landry, which we, we talked about. Um, after that, though, Austin uh, Hooper. That's that's a, that's a tight right. end, but yeah, I mean, as far as receivers, I mean. Well, you got to think about receivers, tight ends go hand in hand. Look at yeah. KC right now, right? Well, Kelsey's, a, think Kelsey's about, a different kind I, of animal. When I hear receivers, I hear guys who catch the ball, right? Guys who catch the ball. Mm-hmm. Chubb, Hunt, Hooper, Jarvis. Yeah, you're you're not wrong. I, I totally understand where you're coming from on that for sure. Uh, I did. I will say for the Browns offense, after I named all those stats. Their red zone touchdown percentage is 73.6, whereas the Chiefs is only at 61%. So they have an extra 12 percentage points on the Chiefs in the red zone over what they've done production-wise. And does that have a lot to do with Andy Reid's uh, ability to get cute at times in the red zone, you think? Because we've seen goofy plays here and there throughout his entire tenure in KC. Um, I feel like sometimes it's just we just pound it does, though. It's just what Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes wants it. The offensive guys want that that cuteness, the cute plays, the cool ones, right? They want those plays because it's fun. It's fun to them. Now, is it fun to us as we sit here and watch them botch a play like that? No, it's not. But for them, it's something fun to do. You know, it's, it's just something fun on their side, and they know they can execute it because they've done it in practice many times, or else they wouldn't have ran the play. So it's just what Andy Reid does. He, he opens it up to his young guys. Yeah, I told you guys back in his rookie year, but Nick Chubb uh, the, for the Browns is a phenomenal running back, and Nick Chubb gives me a half Chubb. At least he did back there, but now he gives me a full, full Chubb because that dude is legit. Full Chubb for um, Nick Chubb. It is absolutely ridiculous how good he is. Um, the perfect blend of, like, patience, power, size, and speed. Um, I actually think he's better than Kareem Hunt, and he, he's a guy who's consistently averaged five yards per carry or more in his career. And did you see that crazy stat, Tanner, that actually texted you during the game? But in the fourth quarter this year of NFL games for Nick Chubb, he averaged 10 yards per carry. That's so ridiculous. Is that real? Like, is that, how is that a real stat? Like, Felix Jones at Arkansas at one point just, averaged nine yards a carry. Nuts. That's in college at Arkansas. Uh, but but we were talking about in the fourth quarter, which is which basically means a closeout game. So it's, you're at the fourth quarter. We're trying to close the game out. Hand the ball to Nick Chubb, and he'll get us a victory to finish the game out. He has 33 rushing attempts and had 330 rushing yards, 10 yards per carry in the fourth quarter of games this year. Now, yes, the sample size of 33 carries is not huge by any means, but just the efficiency of that alone, regardless of that, is just freaking amazing. It's not easy to do, period. So 
Yeah. So th- that's what I mean about the Chiefs right. cannot get behind in this game because I don't want to deal with dealing with Kareem so, and Nick Chubb. So here's a stat that's going to surprise you. Chiefs are ranked 32nd on defense in the red zone. Bad. In the red zone. That means we give it up almost every single time. That means the Jets are better than us. The Giants, they can hold a team better than that. Look at that. Red zone percentage allowed. 76% touchdown 76% of the time there are people in the red zone. They're going to get in. And what do you think the Browns are going to do in the red zone? Hand it off. Hand it off to Kareem Hunt and Nick Nick Chubb. So, defense. we got we got to get this, this together. Is an this is an issue. legitimate problem, especially facing a team like the Browns, who have the best running game, in my opinion, I, of all I, teams. I wish I w- would have went back to last year's defense to see where they were at this point on that red zone. The red zone defense was better last year, Tanner. I can promise you that. There's, I mean, it's hard to get worse, I think. I will actually let you know that information here in about 10 seconds, as a matter of fact, because the Chiefs' defense, as far as in the red zone, historically – Past couple of years has been way better. So here we are. To put in perspective, we just saw 76%. Last year, they were 50.9% red zone percentage wow. for touchdowns converted. Wow. So they're next to a 25% worse. Wow. That's like just letting them in. Here, here's the door. Go ahead. We'll open it for you. Yeah, that is absolutely we gotta figure ridiculous that out. That's bad. for that to be the case in KC. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know because we have Mike Pinnell still back on the team from after last year. I don't, um, I'm going to be honest I don't know if it starts with our line. I think it starts with the linebackers, dude. They've been pretty bad it's, this year. It's been rough. Uh, the Chiefs' red zone offense, by the way, has been better this year, more efficient anyway, with 61% compared to 54 the previous season. So we've been better in the red zone this year than past, but still we get too cute at times where we don't need to be doing that. I just I wish yeah. – Especially with the offensive line we have and how you know it's it's not strong. I just wish there was a way for us to power the football so, and run the ball better. Correct. So, so the biggest thing we need to do this game truly is get the run going. When you get the run going, you set the play action, you set up greatness right here. So I want you to think about something right here. Cleveland Browns are at the third lowest in and against play action. Third lowest. We do play action. Uh, hold on, I got it right here. 180 attempts. We are fifth in the league in play-action attempts, whether the runs go in or not. So we got to get the run going so we can we can make them bite and get those guys open in the deep in the field. Yeah, that's going to be a factor for sure in this game. Um, I just I think that that's where Baker Mayfield has his efficiency this season is through that running game. And you talked about his turnover numbers being lower than expected. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with that running game that, these, that they've created in Cleveland. Um, and KC, you know, really ever since Andy Reid's been involved on this team, we've been a pass-first offense. We've known that with Alex Smith. We've known right. that with Mahomes. Even whenever we've had backups come in like Nick Foles and Chase Daniel, it was still a pass-first offense. That's Andy Reid's MO. That's what he does. That's what he's always done. That's what he did in Philly. It's just him. He yep. can't help it. There's times where we're over here begging, like, Andy, just run the ball every once in a while. Pat Mahomes doesn't need to throw 50 just times a game. Because we had, we had a time period there, Tanner, where we had four weeks in a row where Mahomes was throwing 45 times a game. Now, his numbers looked great, of course, because you're throwing 45 <laughs> times a game, and Mahomes himself was doing a great job. But uh, I think the, the mixing it up a little bit between the balance of run and pass sometimes can get frustrating uh, within fans especially when we know if we could have a better play-action game, 
then those deep ball numbers that I just told you guys about the, the, the lack of 50-yard plays this season would be much higher because we know we have the talent for it. We, have to, we know we have Miko Hardman. We know we have Tyree Kill guys that can stretch the field vertically. And those did not happen nearly as much this year as they have in the past previous two years with Mahomes. Yeah, but the play is different too. Like, you know, think about that. They know what we do last year, you know, what we did last year, so they're going to play us a little different. So, real quick, before we uh, wrap up the Chiefs talk here and give our score predictions and everything, uh, just a couple matchup histories, right, for the last uh, five, six years now, I guess it is. So, in 2015, uh, Chiefs won over the Browns 13 17. And in 2018, we beat the Browns as well, 37-21. So, I mean, granted, these are two vastly different teams, the Browns. Uh, but I'd say we continue do, this tradition. Do you have a favorite Chiefs-Browns game of all time that comes to mind? Because I do. Favorite Chiefs-Browns game? Just the highlights I saw of the good old Derek Thomas game, where Derek Thomas sacks the, winning, uh, uh, sacks the quarterback to get that win. Remember that in the playoffs? Hmm. To get into the playoffs? Yeah. No, to uh, to win a playoff. Or no, you had to get in the playoffs. Sorry, it was to get in the playoffs. Interesting. DT, I don't know man. if I remember that one very well. DT comes up with a game-winning sack. Well, that makes sense. I mean, he was he was good at being clutch and in tough moments for sure. So. Um, but what do you got? What's your what's my, your favorite? Do you remember a game? This was about eighteen years ago. It was a week one of the NFL season, as a matter Came of fact. Five minutes ago. Week one of the NFL season, it was Chiefs versus Browns, and it was at the very end of the game, and someone from the Browns, it was on the end of a game field goal kind of deal. So the Chiefs, uh, Morton Anderson, I believe, missed the field goal originally at the, at the end of the game. The Chiefs sort of won the game 40-39 to 39 at that point, but he missed a field goal. But here's what happened. At, one of the players from the Cleveland Browns took their helmet off I think during oh, the play. Oh, the helmet game. There was a helmet game there. And so the Chiefs ended up getting another retry. But then something happened, I think, with John Tate, the Chiefs offensive lineman at the time. And uh, it, was, it was like a, a big dramatic ending. Basically, at the end of the day, the Chiefs ended up getting another chance at the end of that game to go through and get a victory there. Um, and it was very frustrating. For It was actually, let's see here. It was actually. Uh, oh, yeah, video. I'm, I'm pulling it up here actually right now. You describe it to our to our viewers here. And so yes, it was it was Rudd from Cleveland. Okay, so John Tate picked up the ball at the very it end of the a, day. So it was a it was sack. A, it was a pitch lateral. So it was right? a lateral from Trent Green pitched back to John Tate. John Tate then runs the ball down the field <laughs> about right. thirty yards, gets taken out of bounds at the twenty-five yard line, and so everyone's walking off the field because there's no time left on the clock, and so we're thinking the game's over, right? Well, what happened during that lateral was that one of the Browns linebackers actually took his helmet off in the middle of the play. So the referees threw a flag, and when he threw the flag, the play and the game cannot end on a penalty. Cannot correct end on a penalty. Tanner? That is correct. And so at that point, the, the they had to allow <laughs> the Chiefs to kick the field goal. Otherwise, they would have lost 37-39. We know Morton's not and missing too. Morton Anderson, old man over there, Gets up there, and this ended up being kind of a chip shot for him. It was under 40 yards at the end of that. And so he ended up kicking it through to win the game for the Chiefs. But the Browns, they could not believe this. Uh, it was actually a very funny moment. But it was one of my 12-year-old moments as a Chiefs fan, I suppose, of week one <laughs> football. So that's my favorite one. I'm sure Browns fans, anyone out there listening, their favorite would probably be 
whenever Josh Cribbs and Jerome Harrison just yeah. returned and ran all up the Chiefs' ass because Jerome Harrison set a, a record, I think, or at least close to the record that day. What was that, 08? Uh, they did that one? Harrison put up 286 yards rushing yeah. on the Chiefs, which was actually only behind Jamal Lewis and Adrian Peterson at the time. So he finished third all-time for a single game. And Josh Cribbs had two return touchdowns as well in that same exact game. So, <laughs> yes, the Browns, you've had your moments with the Chiefs. The Chiefs have had their moments. And so we're going to go ahead and get that squared up here this weekend. And uh, let's talk about our, our score prediction, I guess. So what do you I, what are you thinking, Mike? Are we are we thinking it's gonna be a close game, a big game? Like, are we going off of trends, or it's just gonna be uh, just a an interesting one? I, I trust the Chiefs, and I trust the Chiefs' offense especially, and uh, I think that the defense will step up like they did last year in the playoffs when things really mattered at the end. Um, but I'm gonna go. A buddy of mine texted me earlier today, Todd out there. He said 41 to 24 or 23 is actually what he said. 41 23. I'm going to go 38 Chiefs and 24 Browns. Interesting. Okay. Well, I'm going to go 31-21 Chiefs. Mm-hmm. 31-21. I, I think we'll get over 30. I think as long as we get over 30, we'll win the game. But we got to start right. fast, too. we got to start fast. We yep. can't do this whole Houston Texans thing like we did last year. It's not going to work out. At all. I, I totally agree. Shall we do some picks for our rest of our playoff games? Yeah, let's let's go down the way here. So we got the uh, after the Chiefs here, we got the Ravens and the Bills playing uh, their divisional matchup coming up. So, like, what's your thoughts on this game here? Because the Ravens look hella good against the Titans. They really came out firing. Uh, well, I thought it was a defensive game. So I was out working out and I was watching the beginning of this Ravens Titans game. And I was like, damn, it's going to be a defensive game. Like, they, they were just stuffing each other. The secondary was doing their thing. Um, and then I had to leave. I went back home. Uh, I had to swap my car out and stuff. And next thing I know, the Ravens were up by, like, 12, or 15 points or something like that. And I'm like, what happened here? The Titans were just up 10-7. And turns out Lamar Jackson decided uh, he wanted to play ball. And I watched the highlights of that, and yeah, Lamar ran really well. This stuff, Derek. How did the Chiefs win last last year against the Titans? They stopped Derek. You stopped Derek. Hold him to like forty yards rushing. Even AJ so. Brown. AJ Brown had a hell of a game. Still, mm-hmm. he had some amazing catches on the in that game, but it was just it's just too much Ravens defense going on at the right time for them. Yeah, I thought Tennessee could have played much better, and there was. A lot of mishaps. I think the play calling was fine, but the execution was bad, just bad. on their end of things. But as far as this game, this is the game of the week. If you were to look at as far as matchups and how close this could be, right now the line is Bills by two and a half points, and the over under is fifty. And this is very accurate. Two and a half points going mm-hmm. towards the Bills' favor at home. Which, if you take that aspect of at home away, that actually means the Ravens have the edge if we're playing at a neutral field of half a point. That's how close this game is. As far as they don't know where to, they, the, the, the odds makers don't know what to do with don't this know, game. What do you do with uh, it? The Ravens are a team that can get hot, and Lamar Jackson, as uh, we saw running the way he can run, uh, some of the design runs he's got are just incredible. And uh, I think that that's a, a very interesting team. They have a good defense, great running game, obviously. And when Lamar is throwing well and just comfortable, then it's, it's a whole different team than when he's uncomfortable and having to uh, make throws off balance and things like that. But Here's the thing for me. Josh Allen this year 
was in the MVP discussion. Yes. For sure. He deserved to be at least talked about. Uh, I think that the MVP of this NFL season is Aaron Rodgers. But I think that Josh Allen had an incredible season. I love the way the guy plays. Uh, just freaking <laughs> his, his maturity and acceleration throughout his career has been phenomenal. And we saw him from his rookie year to second year. And here we are now with Allen's third year. And yep. uh, his third year was the big jump. And especially getting Stephon Diggs on that team. How huge the was that? best connection in the NFL right now between those two uh, consistently. They're just there for each other, it seems like, at times. Uh, I like the Bills quite a bit in this game, just based on Josh Allen and what I believe he can do both with his own legs as well as with his arms. I think he's a better, much better and more accurate passer than Lamar Jackson is because he can stretch the entire field sideline to sideline, outside the numbers, going to the boundaries, where I think Lamar Jackson's more suited towards throwing down the middle of the field to his tight ends. Now, just a heads up here, Lamar himself, he's never played in a snow game. And there's a possibility for a few inches of snow coming up Buffalo's way uh, as it hits Minnesota uh, tomorrow morning. So that will be heading in right in time for this game into Buffalo now. You never know anything over the Great Lakes. They It turns into one to two inches forecast. Could be up to six to ten inches after that. So that's what she said. Yeah, uh, Jason over there says, Jason Hammett, that is, says Bills easily. Uh, and Shannon's on there saying Mike Mike. So I don't know why. Uh, Mike. Thank you, t- thank you two <laughs> both for <laughs> listening and joining on in. Um, so we, what do you think about this I, game? I think Bills win this. I think they're just a better team overall. They've been more consistent throughout the year. I see the Ravens, yes, they got some, I don't know, they just got some confidence going. They got, you know, they got the mad, they're just mad playing. But I really like the Bills in this game. I think they're just a better team right now. And unfortunately for Lamar, I don't think you're going to win this one, man. Now let's just hope if it comes down to Bills, Kansas City, this isn't a repeat of the 1993 season where the Chiefs and Bills faced off in the AFC Championship, by the way. Uh, do you remember that one, Tanner? I don't. Well, that, that's what it came down to. The Bills, obviously, as we know, ended up winning that game and then losing in the Super Bowl. But I hope that this time around it's a little different for our sake at least. But it'll be a great game if it comes down to the one versus the two. See, I want the, I, I, I don't care which other one because it's going to be a hell of a matchup come the AFC Championship game. I just want – just give me good games, man. Just give me good games. I want the best of the best. All right, so we talked a little bit about the Rams and Packers for a second a little bit ago, but uh, let's talk real we're, quick. What? We're going to go actually Brady's Breeze. That's what I was going to say. We are? Uh, yeah, okay. I want to talk Brady Breeze. I want to talk Buccaneers and Saints. I want to talk about the two best quarterbacks statistically of all time. How crazy is that? Uh, which is so cool to see them facing off uh, in the playoffs for the first time ever between the two because mm-hmm. um, this is always a matchup we've always kind of wanted to see in the past. I think we always kind of wanted to see the idea of the you know in the prime at least of Tom Brady which he still is kind of of the way Patriot, he's right now. Patriots versus Saints in their prime would have been a beautiful game for the Super Bowl you know five, six, seven years ago um, but now we're going to see it in the playoffs with the Buccaneers and the Saints and I really really like the way the Saints defense performs um, I thought that their defensive line gave the Chiefs a lot of fits that was not an easy game at all for Kansas City to win. Uh, and then, meanwhile, the Buccaneers were a team. The Chiefs kind of went out there and rolled them. Uh, but that's not who they are. That's not who the Buccaneers not, The Buccaneers are better than that. No, the Buccaneers are just so inconsistent at times when they play good teams. For whatever reason, they're just not consistent half the time. That's why their record is what they are right now. Yeah, uh, and this is a tough game to pick for me because I trust Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady is physically more healthy than Drew Brees. 
And so uh, that's, that's kind of what my, I'm leaning towards right here. But I think the defense of New Orleans is actually better right now than Tampa Bay's is. I completely disagree with you. No? Drew Brees right, has his weapons in, baby. Okay. Michael Thomas is, is playing. Manuel Sanders is going. Alvin Kamara. And Drew Brees is looking like Drew Brees right now. I am super excited to see this go off against a uh, defense again for the third time this year, Matt. Mind the way, where the Saints have owned the Bucks, and I'm excited to see Drew Brees own Brady once again. But don't get me wrong, Brady's going to go all out in this game again, and he's probably going to be over 300 yards passing. Well, the Saints did have a top five defense this year in the NFL, so keep that in mind as well when it comes to things like especially uh, rushing yards per game, passing yards, interception rate, and yeah. sacks per pass attempt and points allowed per game. This is gonna be the Saints a are a game. legitimate defense. They could give Tom Brady fits. And so that's what I'm expecting from the Saints just because they're, they're scary. And uh, they had a defensive end, Hendrickson over there, uh, who was snubbed from the Pro Bowl, which we don't, we know we both don't care about that. But that dude was Mike's, nasty. He Mike's owned. mentioned that three three weeks in a row. Because he he gave me also a half chub, and so I'm going to give him a big because uh, he owned Eric Fisher all game long. And so yeah, we we have a we talked about a Nick chub and a half chub. Well, the Saints DN gives me a half chub as well, so he's he makes me very happy to watch. Man. But um. What do you, what's your take? Who's going to win this game for you? So I think the Saints win. They're just I think they're just better team overall, especially with Michael Thomas back. They got Alvin Kamara just doing what Alvin Kamara does, and they got a little bit more weapons up front. So outside of uh, I guess Mike Evans is on CSLT, Tom Brady will be fine. It'll be a lot closer this time around. Um, it's going to come down to probably a classic Drew Brees last two minute drive to win this game. But I go Saints win this game. So, Tanner, this game starts at uh, after the Chiefs game, as a matter of fact, yes. at 5.40 p.m. Are you going to remember who wins this game? Are you going to be too drunk to remember this? Oh, no, I'll remember who wins this game. Okay. i got to work on Monday. Are we going to – what are we going <laughs> to – because obviously we're going to be hanging out. Those of you listening, we're going to be planning yes. at least on going out to Brewbakers over in Lenexa and yes. getting getting our little room. That's just – Why are you telling people? That's just don't <sighs> – all right. Now I have to go three hours before. Uh, we got to get their suits. Whenever they open, we'll just walk in. <laughs> Tell them to get us a beer. Uh, but, yeah, we'll be obviously there during the Chiefs game and then see goes, what, what all happens afterwards. Um, yes. But, yes, I'm looking forward to two wonderful games that day. And I, myself, I trust the Saints defense to prevail. Saints I'm going with D. the Saints to win. Third time in a row. As much as I, you know, like the Buccaneers, like like their team, I, I, I love Chris Godwin. I like Mike Evans a lot. Uh, I, I enjoy Tony Brown. Brown's a good player, I guess. Uh, He's been really great. The last I know, I know. I, just, I don't like him, but I like I him know. as a player, I guess. Yeah. But Tom Brady, I, I still love I Tom Brady. I think he's great. And Tanner, remember my, my guy? Remember my guy? Ronald Jones the third. He's playing behind Leonard Fournette because he's still. Wait, is he the third or the second? I already forgot. He's the second, right? Shh. Okay. Oh, it's Ronald Jones the third. Okay. But he's second string right now because he's been mm. banged up the last few weeks. So Leonard Fournette's been getting bulk of the carries in that. Yeah, so we'll see how that works out against the Saints. But uh, after that, we got talk about the Rams and Packers. Um, the Rams and Packers. Did you know? We have to take them seriously. No, did you know that the Rams, when they played a couple years ago, beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers? Uh, well, and it was a Packers playoff season, a, I'm pretty sure. That Was that the last time they faced off? They faced was off, that the yeah. last time? Yep. Okay. 
Well, so. I mean, that's that was a team that was in the Super Bowl two years ago. Well, yeah, two and a half years ago. Two year, was it two or three? Three. Three. Three years ago. Yeah, three years ago. All right, well, so. at, that point, the, at that point, the Rams were going to the Super Bowl anyway, I guess. So. Yeah, well, here's the, here's the thing, though. As I'm not going to discount the Rams in this game because Aaron Rodgers is in a playoff game. And as you've seen this season with the Colts game and the Bucks game, you get it. You, you get in Rogers' head early. A couple turnovers, right? Just, just get in his head, get in his mind, hit him a couple times. Uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't recover very, very well anymore on those kind of things. So, if you get in his head, I think this defense can do that for the Rams. Uh, it's possible. I mean, Aaron Donald's pretty impressive, obviously. He is banged up. Um, he, Aaron Donald is playing with uh, some rib injury. Uh, mm-hmm. But Sean McVay said he'd be shocked if he's not out there. I just I feel like this is Aaron Rodgers' be second best season of all time. Um, I think his best season of all time was when they won the Super Bowl in uh, 2011 season against yeah. the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the way he's played this year at this age, especially the most efficient season he's had, second most efficient season I should yes. say he's ever had, which is very close. This, I'm not saying it's like clearly one and two I'm just that's my opinion is this is his second best but you could argue this is actually his best season of all time and to do it at this point and Devontae Adams as a receiver over there I think he's proven this year he was the most reliable receiver in the NFL Mm -hmm. all season long uh, when it came to making plays and touchdowns and he led the NFL in touchdown receptions um, over Tyree Kill at 15 by the way so that tells you the amount of numbers he had put up on that point um, oh, far, yeah. I just I really like the Packers. I think no one's going Rogers to out. Should, yes. No one besides Patrick Mahomes will outduel Aaron Rodgers. I'll put it that way, and that's my perspective on uh, why I think that the Packers beat the Rams in that in this playoff game. I I think we're all hoping for a Rodgers Mahomes Super Bowl. Whew. Scary. Right. We will all be a little bit worried. Yes, and I won't be watching the game with you because I'm not gonna. I'm gonna repeat what I did last year, so I'm not. What? Why? I'm not jinxing it. Oh my! Why we won last year? Why would you jinx it? Go to exactly what you did last year. All right. Anyways, we'll we'll get there when we get there. We'll talk about that stuff. But Rogers is in some kind of different mode this year. Is it the Jordan Love pick? Is it because of the new management? Who knows? Maybe he's familiar with the offense. Finally, yeah, I guess that's fine. Pretty sure Rodgers wouldn't have an issue either way. Uh, but he is in a different mind. And, yes, Jason Hammett, yes, Rodgers should win the MVP mm-hmm. yep. because he he actually did perform pretty damn well all season long outside of those two games. Yep. So, But I, just my biggest thing for me is the Rams' defense, if they can start off with a, with a turnover or two or, you know, a, a few, like probably about – the whole first quarter of just keeping him under uh, three and outs, like it's it's going to get in his head, and it's really hard as we saw last year against the 49ers, too, for him to recover from those kind of those kind of uh, plays. Yeah, and I'm I'm there with Tanner. I said earlier, uh, Jason, as far as you want to see that's at least following along with us, Rogers is my MVP of the season without a doubt. He was the most efficient and consistent besides. Really, the one bad game against uh, Tampa Bay early on in the season, uh, I thought that Rodgers played phenomenal. So that is definitely my guy. Um, so you, we're both going Packers here? Yeah, we're both Packers. I'm going Packers. Do we disagree in any games, Tanner? 
Um, we all agree on. The I think we agreed on Packers, everything. Saints, Bills, Chiefs. Yeah, right. Yeah, so we we're all agreed. We're all on the same page here. That's good. You want to be following along with the winner of the Pickums this year, Tanner. So I'm glad that you're joining along with uh, my, my decisions. Well, you challenged me earlier on in the season, and so I had to make it like let it be known who was the damn master of the Pickums. Um, so, so speaking of, uh, we're talking about places we. Uh, are going or I'm going sometime here for the game. I'm not going to say that word once again because I don't want you guys to be stealing my spot out there listening. Um, <laughs> Tanner, what's actually your favorite venue to go watch a football game uh, anywhere outside, anywhere, anywhere, anywhere in Kansas City, anywhere ever? So what's your favorite a place to go watch a game? game? You yeah. mean like outside of the stadium? Correct. Well, damn, I don't. Uh, actually, sorry. Where I went for the Super Bowl was pretty damn awesome. Uh, my friend Dave's house, uh, he has a full-out bar in the bottom, comfy couches, a pool table, and I can walk in and out to two different rooms, no matter what I want to do, drink my own whiskey, and and just enjoy it. Just enjoy the game, guys. Um, if I had to actually pick a venue, though, I'd probably go Johnny's. Johnny's Tavern. Yeah, I love Johnny's Tavern. You got some like emotional attachment there or it's something with that place. I don't know what it is, but um, that's fine. We all got our things, I guess. See, I wish we lived in a warmer climate so I can go like outside and go to like outside venues at this time and then you know in the month of February to watch it outside because I think that would be super awesome. Yeah, I agree. And uh, last year for the Super Bowl, we actually had great weather back then. Year, that was a yeah. freaking awesome day. Uh, and so we were very lucky then. And um, I went to Saints and Lenexa, actually, where I watched the Super Bowl at, <laughs> and was there all day long. And I honestly don't even remember this. Uh, no offense to anyone out there, but uh, I, apparently after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl, someone caught me off guard uh, while I was very emotional. I was crying. Yeah. I talked to my dad on the phone. Yeah. And I was, I was apparently I, – I told someone that would be their man of honor – after the Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Did. And so that was the thing I did. I mean, obviously, if you catch me in a moment like that, I'll probably just agree to anything. The so. part about it is you're honoring it. So Oh, that, oh yeah. It's going to happen. Should, it's going to happen. Off. I'm not I, complaining. It's awesome. At that moment, you could just like ask like, me she, anything. She knew, when to, she, she knew when to ask you, and that was the best part about it. Now, I wonder if she would have asked you if that didn't happen anyways. So uh, Maybe, but she knew when to time it. She was like, I'm going to time this the right way. She probably would have waited a week or two extra. I will be involved in the wedding based on that. I would have said yes to anything at that point. Like, I was in love with the world. Like, literally anyone could have. I was, like, hugging the waitress. I hugged random guys uh, at the bar. I was, like, literally hugging. I grabbed my waitress and just gave her a big old squeeze. And she didn't care. She was having a fun time, too. But, like, at that point, I just was, like, wanted to make love to the entire world. So... Of course, accepting well, any kind of did. offer, that was going to happen. That sidewalk, I heard, has regrets. But anyways. Uh, well, that's not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, I my favorite place, uh, I guess, to watch a football game uh, so far with at least in the past few years anyway, when I'm not at Arrowhead, of course, is Twin Peaks in Olathe. Yeah, that is by far my favorite spot. Um, and I enjoy that place so much because... The, the service is superb. The food is great. And the beer um, is nice and cool. beer is good. Um, it's a great environment. There's TVs on every foot of the, of the place. Even in the bathroom, guys. I've, really, I've never once had a bad time at Twin Peaks. Never yeah. once. And I've 
we actually what's funny, Tanner, we're talking about this. You and I, I think, were the first males we to were. walk into Twin Peaks when they first opened in Olathe. We were the first ones to be customers the, at Twin Peaks. The best part about that story is I worked a four no, I was actually a three AM shift. Got off about nine AM. No, it was a four to ten. Uh, and then I went over, found Mike, uh, and then we walked in uh, right around the 11 o'clock mark when they opened and we watched the Royals game there. And there's people, like, literally, we were the first ones in. I didn't see a soul in there. And the girls were in there and they were clapping for us, you know, because we were the first ones to walk mm-hmm. in. And I'll, yep. ever, I'll carry that with me, too. Yep. So. Absolutely. They, they fly in girls. The Royals won. They fly. No, they did not, Tanner. Sure. It, <laughs> it, was, it was James Shields pitching. And he did great because we actually lost uh, yeah, zero, we zero to one. Yeah, we the lost score was zero to one. zero to one. Yes, it was a, it was a, not a very fun it game. Wasn't James fault. The game sucked, but the experience of being there was cool. It was cool. And their fried pickles are great. So yes, um, <laughs> add that to the list of things to like about Twin Peaks. Um, as far as for the Super Bowl, that's a secret. We can't talk about that yet. We're, we're yeah, yeah. we have more podcasts to come along the way before we discuss where we're going to be at for that. Um, but Tanner, what else do you have to add right now for us? Not a lot, man. There's, you know, we got college football wrapped up. We got the NBA under swing, especially with that new trade. You know, I announced today the huge news for the nation today was pretty big of uh, James Harden going to the Nets. So, um, really outside of that, guys, college balls, conference plays going on for basketball. Um, I know K State fans are okay. KU fans are fine. Oklahoma State lost, whatever. We'll be fine. We're not going to win the Big Twelve anyways. Baylor is so. Oh, hockey. Yes, hockey did start today. We're getting hockey going, of course. Totally forgot about that. So we got that going. Uh, But, yeah, guys, I don't really have a lot to add right now. Nothing else special going on. Yeah, uh, as soon as uh, football's over, we're talking way more, you know, involved with NBA, uh, MLB as time goes on, and, of course, NHL. Uh, I personally am a Hurricanes fan, and so uh, I'll be following them along for a bit. Uh, I enjoy their style of play, I guess, but... uh, my dad himself is an Avalanche fan, living in Colorado, and I have other friends as well that are Avalanche fans. So uh, we'll just keep in touch on those kind of things, and we'll have some interesting NBA talks with Jason JG when he gets back over here. At that, some we point. Will. that we will. That we will. We'll definitely get more NBA going as we wrap up the NFL season, guys. Yeah. So that is all I have to say for the rest of this show. We we hit on the Chiefs for a long, long time, as we should, as was we as what was needed. Yes. Um, and so but hey, we guys. will be back uh, yeah. after the game, and we'll discuss what happened, I guess. Hey, give us a follow on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, all slash sports buffoons. Uh, subscribe as well if you're there. We're all on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, including Amazon, including Google, and Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Uh, and then just... Give us a yell, guys. We love talking sports, obviously. We love talking just in general. So uh, if you have another conversation, bring it up. Let's let's chat offline as well. Yeah, give us conversation points at any time. We'd love to discuss anything out there for you guys and follow us along and chat with us as well. Each and every Wednesday night, uh, our show goes live on Thursday mornings, of course. But if you follow along on Twitch, you get to see a preview of what is to come for our, our podcast segment that goes out on Spotify and everything else. So, yes, definitely. Uh, join us when with that. I'm going to go uh, take a shower and shave my head, so that's what I have planned out for the next few minutes. That's interesting. All yeah. right. So that's what I got going on. But otherwise, Tanner, um, you, you can finish this off here, but 
I'm going to see you all on the next one. We'll see you guys.